1: This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 212 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, uh, happy Thanksgiving, and how are you doing today on this long weekend?
2: Happy Thanksgiving to you and to your family and to uh, everyone who's listening to us. Um, hope you have a, a wonderful weekend with your families and and uh, a safe time as well. And, and um, you know, we're also um, have something else to celebrate, and that's the beginning of the 2022-2023 NHL regular season. Depending on when you listen to this, it could be days away, it could be hours away from the Canadians, uh, um, drop a drop of the puck with Toronto on Wednesday.
0: Still have one more game to go as of now. Uh, another game, another out game on the East Coast against Ottawa again, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a fun watch. But I'm feeling a little bit impatient. This uh, feels like it's probably the longest preseason that's ever happened.
2: Eight games, my. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's it's a lot. Uh, and as you said, uh, Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa to end here. And uh, but a, a little bit of a rivalry is brewing and uh, uh, both on the ice and, and war of words off the ice.
0: And uh, yeah, we'll certainly get to that in just a moment. But uh, I'll let all our listeners know what's to expect on this show. Starting things off in this first segment, we get you up to date on everything Habs. Uh, We talk a little bit of uh, Laval Rocket uh, in our prospect report, and then uh, at the end of the segment, update you on a little bit of news from around the NHL. A lot of money went around, making it rain. Then in segment two, uh, our um, lovely other host of the Canadians Connection podcast and uh, host of the Habs Hockey Report on YouTube, Amy Johnson's going to join us for a little bit, and we're going to make some bold predictions about the Montreal Canadiens and their players this season. That's going to be a ton of fun. So stay tuned for that.
2: And a little bit competitive too, I think. Ten bold pre- predictions, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll have to wait till the end of the season, but we'll see who's right uh, of our of our panel.
0: It's going to be me. And then <laughs> in uh, segment three, we have our Canadiens connection question of the week: Will Slavkovsky make the opening night roster? Uh, for all our listeners who are interested in engaging with us, letting us know uh, what they think about that, or if they have any questions, what's the best way to interact with us, Rick?
2: We've been getting a lot of texts, and uh, we're we're glad to hear from uh, our uh, listeners and readers of the website. Uh, you can reach us at the Rocket Sports text line. It is 585-3ROCKET, 585-3ROCKET, easy to remember. If you need the old-fashioned method, it's 585 Three seven six two five three eight. You can also send us an email at info at allhabs.net.
0: Please make sure to follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, you can check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. So, we will get you up to date on all the preseason games from this past week. Please make sure you check out comprehensive post game recaps for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. The Canadians did begin their eight game preseason schedule. And there were four that went down this past week, or at least since our last podcast. To start all the way back on October the 1st, it was Ottawa 5, Montreal 4. That game went to overtime. Last-minute penalties were a bit of a killer there. And then if you fast-forward two days to break up the games against Ottawa, they went to, and faced Toronto. Toronto wins 5-1. to one. Oof, bit of a tough one. Mm. But uh, it, it's still preseason. I'm, I'm not going to worry too much yet. We'll fast forward again. One day, another game against Ottawa. Another five to four victory for Ottawa. Uh, last minute goal by Montreal uh, brought that game within one. And then on October the sixth, it was Ottawa four, Montreal three. That was the game that went down in Gander, Newfoundland. Ton of fun to see that one. Uh, it's always interesting when you get those craft hockeyville games. But uh, Montreal still winless, oh six and one throughout the exhibition games.
2: Now um, it was. Marty Saint Louis, who was asked if he's feeling pressure um, to to actually win a game in in preseason, and I um, had a little fun with the question. He answered, uh, "Well, we won the shootout uh, because <laughs> after that game, it was meaningless. It was a friendly shootout. It it, it wasn't it wasn't dictated by the score. It was just uh, preplanned. and And uh, I believe it was Rim Pitlick. There was only one goal scored in the shootout." And the Canadians won that. Um, But yes, the Canadians um, have lost all seven games so far as we record with an eighth uh, on the way. Um, That's not the recipe that you want in preseason. It's true. There's no points awarded in the preseason. But you don't want this cloud hanging over the team as it moves into the regular season. And as we've said... Um, there is a bit of a correlation uh, going back years and years and years. The, how you perform in the preseason uh, kind of relates to how you're going to perform in the regular season. So um, there's there's been a uh, a variety of issues uh, plaguing the team. Goaltending certainly has been um, you know it, it's been difficult to watch at times. Uh, but in general, it's it's still this this feeling that. The players are out there performing as individuals. Some, um, you know, fabulous plays individually, uh, but you don't get the sense that the team is starting to gel yet as a team, uh, nor are the lines and defense pairs uh, starting to gel, cause, uh, building any chemistry because really uh, it's been a, a, a roulette wheel of, of uh, choosing the lineups. Uh, there's been no consistency um, or, or very little consistency game to game.
0: So hoping for a little bit more clarity tonight on what uh, the Canadian's opening night roster will look like. Uh, please make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines, Uh post appearing regularly at allhabs.net. Now, Montreal is still plagued with quite a few injuries. Uh, this just seems to be a thing that they're, they've been having to deal with going all the way back to the beginning of last season. Uh, right now, uh, Joel Edmondson still out, uh, with a back injury, uh, Nick Suzuki day to day with an upper body injury. He came back for a game, but, uh, then he was put right back on injury after that. Mike Hoffman, uh, day to day with an upper body injury, uh, same with, uh, Christian Dvorak, uh. Joel Edmondson, upper body injury, not day-to-day. ML Heineman kind of unfortunate. Uh, he was having a pretty good preseason. I liked what I saw from him, but uh, he also is out with an upper body injury. And uh, Michael Matheson did not uh, participate in uh, practice on Friday. So we're waiting to see what the updates are on that.
2: Yeah, Matheson won't play in the final game. And uh, you would expect if he was 100% that he would be playing uh as they try to move towards uh their final uh lineup opening night lineup um so bothered uh, bo- Michael Matheson bothered uh with something um as you said um it's uh maybe longer term for Joel Edmondson Yola Armia and Emil Heineman and I agree with you Heineman was having a, a, a very good camp um and and uh, we expect uh, in, in uh, Wednesday's opening night roster to see Nick Suzuki, Mike Hoffman, and Christian Dvorak, but uh, they have uh, some small nagging injuries.
0: Yeah. Uh, Friday's practice, it was all Mike Matheson, Mike Hoffman, and Christian Dvorak who were missing uh, that practice. Uh, it was said that Matheson uh, was taking a therapy day, but uh, it sounds like it might have developed into something else. Uh, Ken Hughes also hinted that Paul Byron may be headed to LTIR. He continues to struggle with the hip problem. Uh, kind of feel for Paul Byron at this point. It must be a little bit frustrating. Hoping that uh, he can recover at some point. But uh, if he's heading to LTIR, that might not be anytime soon.
2: Yeah, and, and there's advantages um, either way to Preseason LTIR and, and in season LTIR and I'm sure uh, John Cedric is is going through the calculations of that and we'll know more. Uh, but one thing is clear: Paul Byron won't be starting, um, and 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 it's going to be a while, um, if at all, that we see him this season. Um, that he's going to be on LTIR. Uh, it 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 seems clear that uh, uh, around the start of the season. So um, that hip injury and and. Uh, and the d- discomfort that it's causing him, um, it's it's going to be difficult to come back. And and really, um, we had talked about how um, the, the Canadians had uh, they had too many forwards, they had too many NHL forwards, or, or at least signed to NHL contracts, and we're going to have some difficult decisions to make. While in waiting, um, Ken Hughes, is, the decisions have been kind of taken out of his hands, perhaps. Um, and, uh, and that's going to allow him, um, the opportunity to do a few more things. And we'll, we'll talk about that more when we talk about the roster in the second big, uh, second segment.
0: Montreal Canadians mm-hmm. handed out a couple of three-year entry-level contracts. Uh, they go to Owen Beck and Logan Mayu. Beck was amazing throughout the preseason uh, for Montreal. I would say he might've actually been their best player this preseason, so well-deserved, uh, he's due to have a really big year in the OHL. We'll keep an eye on him for you, and we'll keep you up to date with that. As per Logan Mayu, a um, bit of a controversial figure uh, throughout uh, Montreal and the league. I don't think anyone at Rocket Sports Media condones his actions uh, that happened just prior to being drafted. But uh, the organization does seem to believe that he has done enough on and off the ice to uh, deserve a, a bit of an opportunity.
2: Yeah, and um, it's uh, with with both young players signing their uh, ELC at time for both of them um, to celebrate. As as you said, uh, it was interesting that last week uh, you asked um, would Owen Beck, uh, you know, a long shot be be given an opportunity to to make the lineup, and I said his reward is likely. Um, an ELC just before he is returned to the OHL to the Mississauga Steelheads, and that's that's kind of the way it played out. Um, and uh, he was obviously thrilled, uh, um, and and had enjoyed his whole cup, his whole training camp experience from the rookie camp uh, right through to the, the main training camp. And, and as the um, as the the challenge got tougher, um, I thought he got better.
0: It's a, it's a huge honor to sign a contract in my first uh, NHL camp. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a great feeling that the uh, organization has that kind of trust in me. And, um, you know, I think it's just a testament to the, uh, to the hard work I've put in over the summer and, uh, you know, getting ready to um, do my best here.
2: It's uh, that the organization has trust in me. I think that's key um, for a young player like him uh, to, to feel that, you um, there, there are things that he needs to work on. He's got a, a, a good defensive game. He's great on face-offs, as we've seen. Um, but he needs to to work on his offensive output, and, uh, and he'll have the season uh, in Mississauga to do that. Uh, one thing that was interesting in his, his media availability, he said that um, he decided to focus on hockey this year and uh so he's going to take some time off school and and he said well if he gets bored um he may uh in the second semester pick up a couple of courses but uh it's going to be all hockey all the time and and uh that's probably a good thing for Owen Beck
0: yeah that's a that's kind of a, an interesting one there obviously education is pretty important but uh clearly uh, focusing on hockey has worked out uh, pretty well in his favor so good for him and uh I guess congratulations to him on the new contract, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what he has in store going forward.
2: Well, it's interesting too because uh, it was Owen Beck that won all those Scholastic awards: the CHL, the OHL Scholastic Award, the CHL Scholastic Award. Uh, his his course load, um, we talked about it on the, the press, is was ridiculous, uh, and and his grades were uh, top notch. So. Uh, feels that he can uh, set that aside at least for for the first semester. As far as Logan Mayu, um, he's been um, had the experience in training camp, um, still recovering from that shoulder injury, uh, and at the same time um, proving to the organization that he deserved uh, an entry level contract. Um, he's obviously done that, and uh, now we'll go back uh, to the London Knights and and. Uh, uh, back to the OHL like back, and, and uh, is looking to be one of the the main contributors and and hopefully to stay injury-free this season.
0: And we'll continue along with our talk about Habs prospects with our Habs prospect report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So on Friday, the Laval Rocket cut nine players from their training camp. Uh, I won't read them all out, but uh, I will say uh, a few that could be recognizable names for people in uh, Cedric Montmini and Anthony Beauregard. Uh, I think that most of these players are probably heading to Trois Rivières, right?
2: That's right. Eight of nine players heading to Trois Rivières, the Canadian ZCHL affiliate. Uh, And as we mentioned in previous podcasts, they're uh, starting their second season uh, with the affiliation with the Canadians and in the ECHL. Um, They signed, uh, I think it was 14 or 15 players in the offseason, but we're waiting uh, to get additional players uh, from uh, the Laval Rocket. And uh, probably a few more um, will come down at the end of training camp.
0: The Rocket will play a couple of exhibition games on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Their training camp began last Sunday, October the 2nd. And uh, while their preseason is going to begin in Belleville, not against Belleville, but against Toronto on the 8th of October. So that's uh, tonight. And uh, then tomorrow on Sunday, they will finally play against Belleville in, in Belleville,
2: October the 9th. So both of those games, as you say, in Belleville, one against the Marlies, one against the Sens, um, are three. They're both uh, Saturday and Sunday, three o'clock afternoon games. Uh, unfortunately for fans, there is no uh, there's no TV coverage, there's no live stream. Um, so what I suggest you do is uh, go to the Twitter our uh, Twitter account of AHL Report at AHL Report. Um, and there you'll find um, you'll you'll be able to follow along with the game and uh, that's ahead of, of their um, pre- uh, regular season which opens in a week's time
0: and uh, we hope that you all do follow along throughout the season at our AHL report twitter account uh, the season kicks off Friday October the 14th at Place Bell against the Belleville Senators also be sure to read all the content at ahl.report we will have all the post-game uh, write-ups done and There for pretty much every Laval Rocket game that's going to happen. And also, if you want to keep up to date, make sure you're listening to and subscribing to The Press Zone. That comes out every Tuesday. It's going to be Amy and Patrick, and uh, they keep you up to date on everything AHL and Laval Rocket.
2: I'm going to, before we leave this, uh, I'm going to say that Twitter account again. So I'm uh, precise. It's at the AHL report, at the AHL report on Twitter.
0: So now it's time for our Quotes of the Week, and it's very Marty St. Louis heavy, so we think that Tabs fans should enjoy this. Uh, well, What Rick said just before uh, we started recording is that, uh, yes, it's preseason for the players, but it's also preseason for the coach, and uh, I think Marty St. Louis has learned a lot of lessons about preparing for press conferences. I just wanted your thoughts on Owen back again
2: today. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought he was good. You know, he's he's around it, finds a way to, to find some good ice to be on. He runs good routes. Um, he's always pretty good on draws, too. 0-4 uh, today. Yeah, it wasn't good today. <laughs> <laughs> this, I should have looked before. <laughs> he had the the game sheet in front of him, but he didn't look at it uh, and and wasn't necessarily following uh, how well Owen Beck had done during the game. Uh, but yes, it had, was speaking generally that Owen Beck is good on face and indeed he is, but happened uh, to be over four in that game and Marty hadn't checked. So yeah, it's, it's just, just a little fun um, preseason for uh, the coaching staff as well.
0: Yeah. love his analysis there on Owen Beck. Good, good. Yeah. He's been good. Good ice. <laughs> yeah. Great, great words, uh, Marty. I love that quote. Um, uh, he also went on uh, to talk about uh, a coach should also pay attention during the game action. You
2: feel in the, early in the game that Cole sort of got lost? Excuse me. Did you feel that like Cole got lost early in the game? Cole? Just forgotten? Yes. Yeah. I'd have to look. I and mean, I'm watching so many things. I'd have to look if uh, if I feel he got lost. <laughs> he didn't have any idea how Cole Caulfield did in that particular. Uh, game um and did he know who Cole was? Yeah, well that's like a little <laughs> confusion there. Yeah, that's that was that that that's another good um question. Uh, whether it's Cole Sillinger or or you know, another, another Cole. Um it was that was he seemed to be a taken off card by uh, Pat Hickey and and uh, that's maybe hard to do. Um it, it, again, just Poking a little fun and and uh, and being a bit humorous about his his responses past week,
0: and we have uh, one more quote from him on how he measures success.
2: Winning. How do you measure success? Like this, you know, if you only think you're winning when you're actually getting the result you want, you get lost in the process a little bit, you know. So for us, I feel if I start from day one to where we are now and took a picture from 10,000 feet, we're winning. So for Habs fans that are worried about an 0-7 record in the preseason, all you have to do is go to 10,000 feet, look down at the game. Don't get right up close on your TV. That's not how you measure. You get to 10,000 feet, you take a look, and the Canadians are winning. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, he's, he's trying to say that, I guess, that that it's a big picture in the process and and that they're uh progressing um you know in the kind of lessons that they want to teach them but it it didn't quite come out necessarily that way
0: yeah i think they might want to put uh, an earpiece into martin San louis and uh, maybe somebody can feed him some more detailed <laughs> answers and stuff it's, uh, it's a little bit hard to understand uh, what he's saying but uh like, like we said, maybe this is preseason for him as well. I'm sure as the season goes along, he'll have uh, a little bit more to say. For sure. And uh, finally, we have a quote from Uri Slavkovsky on learning new skills. Brendan Gallagher said this morning, you're not a good bowler.
1: Is that true? Terrible <laughs> bowler. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. Yeah. No. You, said, you said you have to get your confidence. Where does your confidence go? That you have to go get it back? Where does it come from? Not bowling.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know I don't know
2: <laughs> so you're Slavkowski um in Gander, the team got together for uh a bowling match, a fun bowling match, a little bit of team bonding. uh apparently Raphael Harvey Pernard was the best go- uh, bowler amongst the group, and Brandon Gallagher told us that uh Slavkowski was the worst. And so when asked about, um, you know, where where does he get his confidence from, uh, it's not in bowling, uh, he he told us there.
0: Yeah, I'm also not a great bowler, so <laughs> I feel you, Slav. I, I got you.
2: Uh, just a little fun this week in our quotes of the week.
0: Yeah, Slavkovsky is going to be fun for many more quotes of the week coming up, and uh, he seems to have a pretty good sense of humor. So a uh, nice kid, uh, hopefully, that his uh, play on the ice can uh, start to ramp up a little bit
2: and and build confidence for him
0: yeah so uh moving on to some uh, hockey news and notes um fans are invited to come give blood and meat players at bell center for the 41st edition of the major donation clinic in par- in partnership with the uh, hem of quebec uh you can register now and uh you'll be able to donate on uh, October the 19th. Uh, it sounds like they'll have players and alumni and you'll be uh, going around so you'll have an opportunity to mingle with them. Uh, giving blood is something I've done a couple times. I, I can assure you that uh, if you are able, it's it's quick, it's easy, it's painless, and uh, it's a pretty nice thing to do.
2: Well, and as you said, um, the the partnership with HEMA Quebec goes back to uh, 1981. It's a 41st uh, annual um, edition. Uh, it's an important part of, of Canadians' outreach with the community, uh, and it was started um, back in 81 uh, by Jean Bellavo. So, uh, important uh, part, uh, initiative to be involved with.
0: The NHL is instituting digitally enhanced dashboards to start the 2022-23 season. I saw a little video clip about this, and they are awfully distracting. I like the fun, I like the creativity. I'm not looking forward to having to deal with this for an entire season.
2: This is um, this is odd. Uh, we've seen the the ads in, uh, superimposed on the glass. Uh, this is they they now have the technology to completely erase the uh, advertising on the on the boards, and that would be fine with me. Um, but then superimpose different ads over into, over top of it digitally. Um, and, and that's so that they can,, um, you know, if, if it's a, a Canadian's game in the Bell Center and, um, and the, against the Leafs, and there's a Bank of Montreal ad on the, on, um, the boards and the Leafs want a Scotia Bank ad instead they can superimpose that for their regional viewers. Um, it's also got international applications for in, international viewers. Um, it, what I don't quite understand is, is uh, those advertisers, Canadians advertisers, um, they have paid to advertise not only to the people in the building, but to the TV audience. Uh, so do do those, if if they're not going to be national anymore, if they're not going to be universal, if other ads are going to be, um uh, if their ads are going to be erased and other ads replacing them, do they get a discount on those ads? Are the prices for those ads lower? I doubt it um, but this is this is this is happening this is happening this season um, they they also tell us that down the road they intend to put other information uh, on the boards, whether it's stats or, Replays or game clocks or those kinds of things. So uh, the boards are going to, are, are, are about to get a lot busier than they used to be.
0: Yeah, not too sure how I feel about that. Like I said, it seems like it's going to be more of a distraction while I'm watching as opposed to anything else. But uh, maybe I can kind of understand where, like, say, if there's like a local advertiser for whatever that has their name on the board. People outside of Montreal might not necessarily know what that is, so it probably doesn't do them a ton of good to have that on an international broadcast. But uh, still, uh, I have a lot of questions, and uh, I'll see how I feel about it as the season goes on. So, like I said off the top of the show, there was a lot of money thrown around this past week around the league. A few big signings happened. Matt Barzell gets an eight-year contract worth uh, $73.2 million. With the New York Islanders, uh, I was a little bit surprised about this one. Didn't seem to have the greatest season last year, but uh, I guess this works out pretty well for him. That's a pretty uh, that's a lot of money.
2: Uh, at least more than nine million dollars a year for the duration of his contract. He's led the Islanders uh, in scoring, but as you said, not necessarily uh, the the best season. But uh, a very valuable player uh, to the New York Islanders.
0: And this one, we were talking about pretty much all summer. Jason Robbins, uh, Robertson, he gets a four-year uh, contract extension. $31 million with the Dallas Stars. That seems to be a bit of a bargain for Dallas based on what Robertson was able to do last year. He's a bit of a rising star, and I think after these four years, he's going to be due a huge paycheck, bigger than this one.
2: Agree 100%. With everything you said, uh, this is... This is a young player who uh, who the Dallas Stars got a bit of a bargain on. Uh, this time around, they won't next time.
0: And uh, the Calgary Flames continue to go all in. Uh, they signed Mackenzie Wieger to an eight-year extension worth $50 million. Uh, Wieger was another piece that they received back in uh, the Kachuk trade, uh, along with Huberdo. Uh, Wieger is a really good right defenseman. That's going to be a nice deal for them.
2: Yeah, probably overpayment in, in the last half of the, the deal. Um, but the, when the deal happened, we said that, um, for Calgary, the value was going to come in keeping, uh, uh Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau long-term, uh, if they were just, uh, in and out rentals, uh, more or less, uh, they, you know, they would have lost that trade. So I think, I think they made sure to lock both of these players up and, and, uh, uh, they did pretty well in a, in a difficult situation, uh, losing Kachuk, losing Gaudreau and coming out on the right side of it.
0: So this past week, a uh, former NHL goaltender, uh, Dave Dryden passed away at the age of 81. He played for the New York Rangers, the Chicago Blackhawks, Buffalo Sabres, and even the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he played 203 NHL games, recording 66 wins, uh, great career for Dave Dryden. Uh, he's also the brother of, uh, Ken Dryden and, uh, con- utmost condolences to uh, his family.
2: Yes, for sure. Uh, condolences to the entire Dryden family. Uh, Dave Dryden, the, um, older brother of, of Ken and, uh, they have the distinction of being, um, the, the first two brothers, uh, to play <laughs> each other in goal. Um, in an NHL game. And, and that was, uh, that was quite a special moment. Um, once Dave was finished, um, he, he was, he was an equipment innovator. Um, and he is the uh, person who pioneered the the modern mask that goalies have today. The, the combination goalie mask with the, the bird cage, uh, in the front, um, that, that came from Dave Dryden. So, Uh, went on to uh, be a high school principal and, and, and so on Um, uh, just a a generally good man. And, and uh, again, our condolences with uh, the Dryden family.
0: So that's going to be it uh, for segment one. Uh, Coming up, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then it's the big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Now, you know, we cover the Habs here, uh, but you know, for me personally, I'm a fan of hockey in general. So I love to use DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you know, to set up uh, kind of some of my, my favorite picks for, for opening weekend and see if we could get some same-gay parlays going on. In fact... If it's not enough excitement for you to bet that $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. That's what I like to do. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and, and lots more options for your shot at an even bigger payout. Now, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. I use it. It's so much fun. Uh, And I don't make big bets. I bet like 25 cents at a time. Like, it's, it's very reasonable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimal age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Be sure to give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter, and also please, please, please make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. And just a little reminder to also subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. That way you never miss a single episode and welcome back for segment two, Rick. There's not a ton of time left in this preseason. Just one more game tonight and then the regular season will start next week. Uh, We're going to take one more quick look at the construction of our uh, opening night rosters. uh, Revisit uh, what we said on last week's podcast a little bit and I'll start with you. Uh, Do you have any little changes to your opening night roster?
2: Well, it, it's funny because last week um, I said that um, on the podcast that uh, when we did our initial uh, rosters, um, I said a week is a long time in during training camp that we didn't want to see any more injuries, but that injuries could happen that could um, impact the opening night lineup. And I think I think it's fair to say that um, injuries are going to affect uh, what we're going to see. Um, so. You know, in in my opening um, night lineup, uh, I I said I was assuming that uh, Joel Edmondson would be back. Um, I'm less confident that that's happening uh, now uh, than I was last week, and and the information that we were getting last week seems to have uh, have changed over the week. So uh, to replace Joel Edmondson. Um, I'm thinking that, and, and we've seen him, uh, I think he's played the most games in, in the preseason. That's Arbor Jackeye. Uh, he's the new fan favorite. Uh, he's the most hated player by, by the uh, Ottawa Senators. Um, and uh, you know, there's even, uh, I, I guess, uh, um, uh, some war of words going back and forth between the, uh, the coaching staff and, and Josh Anderson got involved and, uh, that Ottawa is going to address, uh, a tough line tonight, Kostelik Watson and Sabrin to kind of address the Arbor-Jakai situation. Uh, he roughed up Watson last game. Um, so that, I, that's, that's one change that I think is going to happen. I thought Jackai would be better served, but to, by going to Laval, um, now I don't, I, I still think I still think that he's better served um, that that he's um, apart from his physical game he's got a lot of positional things to to work on that that he would be better served being in Laval. I don't think that's going to happen. We rec- we uh, are reminded by the words of Jeff um, who's still uh, on the Chris Island podcast he he he's still bothered by that whole Tom Wilson. Uh, Artemi Panarin situation in New York, and and said that um, he would be sure to have uh, some some toughness in the lineup, whether that's Michael Pizzetta, whether it's Arber um, whether it's guys who can uh, take care of themselves, like like Joel Edmondson. Um, it's it's uh, it, I I think all of those things are combining uh, to. To um, welcoming uh, Arbor Jackeye to the opening lineup uh, for the first game of the season, and and so that's my that's my one, one change on on defense. I got another one on on uh, for the forwards, but uh, I'll let you respond to that.
0: I don't think that Jackeye is gonna quite get onto that opening night roster. I still think, in terms of defense, if we're going with young guys, it's probably still gonna be Gouli, Barron, and Harris. I just don't think there's going to be space for Jack. I this year. Uh, maybe he gets called up at a later point in the season. Uh, depending on what happens with the Matheson and Edmondson injuries, that could end up being a possibility, but I don't think he'll be there on opening night. Uh, you mentioned toughness. I think that now that there's probably going to be a better chance at Pizzetta actually ends up on that opening night roster. Um, I don't think that, uh, well, last week I wasn't too sure about that. I think it's now more of a possibility based on all the injuries at forward. And I think Pezzetto has a little bit more NHL experience. So he'll likely bring some toughness to that forward group. And uh, I still, I believe that Jack, I will be in Laval to start the season.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, um, and uh, we want to hear from our listeners. Uh, Let us know. Um, either on social media, our, our All Habs uh, Facebook group, group Facebook.com slash All Habs, on Twitter, uh, send us a text, five eight five three 3 Rocket, send us an email, info at allhabs.net. Um, do you agree with one or the other of us? Do you have your own uh, views on that? Um, at Forward, um, I, last week, I didn't think that Yuri uh, Slavkovsky would be in the opening lineup on opening night. Uh, he hadn't really shown anything, and and that uh, uh, some time in in Laval would be helpful for him. Um, and and I still feel that as well that that uh, he's going to spend some time in in Laval this this season, uh, and that it would be helpful for him. Um, but you know that the Canadians don't want any controversy about their first overall pick. And if there was any way for him to be in the opening night lineup, um, they would like it to happen. Uh, not necessarily by having to waive a player that they want to keep, um, but it seems that injuries might be helpful there. And we talked about, um, you know, yol Armia. Um, it, it, we'll see what happens, whether he's able to be uh, in the lineup um, and, and whether whether the injuries uh, to Hoffman or Dvorak will also come into play. Um, so I think, I think that Yuri Slavkovsky situation is going to be uh, sorted out by injuries, that he'll be in the opening night lineup, and then at some point when the Canadians have all their players back, when they have um, all the injuries taken care of, that he'll spend some time uh, in Laval, and that's, that's, uh, that's different than what I expected last week.
0: I think I might be flip-flopping a little bit the other way. Last week, I said that uh, it's I I thought it would be guaranteed that at least one of Slavkovsky or Heinemann would be in the opening night roster. Uh, with the injury to Heinemann and just the fact that I, I don't think there's been enough from Slavkovsky yet, I don't think that that's going to be happening anymore. Obviously, like we keep mentioning, uh, injuries could be a factor in this, and if enough people are... Still injured come opening night. They might not have any choice, but to put Slavkovsky into that lineup. But uh, after the comments from Ken Hughes saying that Slavkovsky has been underwhelming and his suggestion that he could start the season in the AHL I feel like enough fans have kind of accepted that that might be a good possibility for his development So I still think that uh, Slavkovsky probably would start the season with the the uh, Laval rocket But at some point, I do think he will get a call up uh, for an extended period of time. I just think the start of the year, that won't happen. And uh, while you mentioned uh, they're not looking for uh, bad headlines, obviously, you look over at Seattle. uh, It seems like Shane Wright's probably going to make their roster, unfortunately. But uh, uh, you got to play the long game, I think, that uh, Ken Hughes and uh, Jeff Gordon are all right, well, I hope that they're smart enough to play the long game here and just let Slavkovsky come into his own and build some confidence in
2: uh, Laval. So we disagree on both the defense and the forwards, uh, which is setting up really nicely for uh, for our uh, predictions, our 10-bold our, uh, uh, predictions. Uh, will we agree on the goaltending? And um, last week, you know, it was kind of a, still a, a competition, I guess, between... Uh, Primo and um uh Montembeau for the backup position. I don't think there's uh, I, I I think it's over. The competition is over. Primo was awful. Um just awful and and um he's clearly uh there's something about the NHL stage that uh uh just we it brings out his his worst and and he needs to to spend some uh, a lot of time I, all the time this season in, um, in Laval to get all those issues sorted out. Um, And, and with Jake Allen, obviously taking the number one role and uh, Sam Montemo, which is, it's really odd that typically um, in the next to last game, it would be your backup uh, that would play the whole game. And uh, in your last game, it would be the, uh, the starter in the preseason. That's kind of how it works. Didn't work that way. Primo got, uh, the game he's had four losses um and uh, montabo only played a game and a half and and that caught the attention of Stefan wait who was on uh, Stefan wait the former uh, Canadians goaltender coach who was on 90 98.5 FM this week um he uh, he didn't like the the uh, Caden primo game he, he says that primo has had a really bad camp um but he said it's a shock to him that it's been Primo more so than Montembeau, more so than Allen, who's got the most time in the in training camp. He he finds that absolutely bizarre, and is confused the way that Marty St. Louis is is using deploying his goaltenders. Um, he, he seems he says it seems that the Canadians want, uh, and are doing everything uh, to to. To allow Caden Primo to be their number two goaltender, but that that it just it just hasn't worked out. Um, he he noted that that Montembeau has uh, played on October fourth and likely won't play again until October fifteenth, and in his mind, uh, that's too long for a backup goaltender who's only played a game and a half in in training camp. The other thing he said, and it's something that I've been saying, uh, I said on on the press zone uh, podcast a few weeks back. That um, Kevin Poulin is an experienced NHL, experienced um, pro goaltender with with experience in the NHL, AHL, and so on. Uh, why not sign him to a, a two way contract, and um, and 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 indicate right up front that that they're committing Caden Primo to. Um, uh, Get the majority of the starts in Laval, and and even if there's injuries, an injury to, to Jake Allen or an injury to uh, Sam Montembeau, heaven forbid, both. But um, that in case of an injury, call up Kevin Poulin rather than um, put that that NHL pressure on Caden um, Primo.
0: I think uh, uh, I think we both agree it's going to be Allen. And Montembeau to start the season. I don't think any of Alan Montembeau or Primo have been great throughout this preseason so far. And I agree that it's very curious that Primo seems to be given the most opportunity. I'm wondering if that's maybe them thinking they know what they have in Alan and Montembeau, but they're not so sure about Primo. But I think we've seen enough to this point to know that Primo is probably better in Laval. The fact that he has a one-way contract, I think... Kind of hints that the team believes that he shouldn't be in the AHL and is maybe past that. Uh, I don't really get the thinking on why Primo hasn't just been cut from camp yet. No offense to him, but I, I think a full year just sitting in the AHL would benefit him a ton. I don't think the organization's going to be willing to do that, but at least to start the season, I do agree. It's going to be Allen and Montembo to start. Uh, we know that uh, usually in the preseason, tons and tons of goaltenders end up on waivers. I doubt that uh, Montreal takes a dive into the waiver wire for another goaltender at this point. So uh, I think it'll just be the way it was last year.
2: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't, um, uh, as far as, the, the, the Canadians don't have a goaltender of the future. That's, that's um, no one has stepped forward and Jeff Corton has said uh, said that as well. Um, you know, is is Dobus Dobas um, uh, a possibility? We'll see. It's it's a long way off yet. Uh, there might be an, an internal um, solution, but um, but I wouldn't put it past Kent Hughes to be looking uh, to acquire someone who who could be that future uh, goaltender, um, or at even a, a stopgap, a cheaper stopgap than. Uh, what they've what they've been what they've paid to um, Jake Allen Um, I don't think that's happening uh, as you said uh, through the waiver process but it could happen uh, sometime before the uh, sometime this season
0: well uh, if you do want a goalie to maybe keep an eye on in uh, the waiver wire uh, keep an eye on Seattle Kraken's uh, Joey Decord he's a pretty good young goaltender and he's no longer waiver exempt so if Montreal for whatever reason, decides to go that route, uh, I'd be keeping an eye on Joey.
2: And we remember that Seattle uh, has lost a goaltender already. uh, Magnus Helberg. uh, Magnus Helberg to Ottawa uh, via waivers. So um, it's a possibility.
0: So I think uh, we're going to invite Amy Johnson into the studio here. Uh, We're going to start uh, the next part of this segment. We have 10 bold predictions to make, uh, me and Rick and um, Amy's going to help guide us through that. So let's welcome Amy Johnson to the studio.
1: Well, thank you very much for that. It's, uh, it's always a good day when I get to join you two gentlemen in the Canadians connection studio. So thanks for having me today.
2: Glad you're here.
0: Glad to have you here. It's a, it's a very busy studio today.
1: It seems like a very busy studio today. I'm going to arrive and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna crash the party. Um, right from the top of things because I, I come bearing breaking news.
2: (laughs) Wow. We should have you more often.
1: (laughs) I come bearing breaking news because literally just this moment, uh, the news has come out that the Montreal Canadians have claimed defenseman Jonathan Kovacevic off waivers. Uh, he was put on waivers yesterday by the Winnipeg jets, uh, with the intention of sending him back to the Manitoba Moose, but Montreal has claimed him, um, this is kind of big of anyone who was on the waiver wire yesterday. I said, uh, Kovacevic would be a great pickup. Uh, in fact, our good colleague, Patrick Williams, I think tw- tweeted exactly that as well. Um, Kovacevic is an interesting pickup. He's a, he's 25, he's 25 year old, uh, defenseman drafted in the third round, uh, by the jets in 2017. He's a big boy, six, five Um, but he, he, he knows how to score as well. Uh, last year he's, he's, he's been a big part of the, uh, a big piece of the puzzle on the back end for the Manitoba Moose for the last few years. Uh, and last year in 62 regular season games, put up 11 goals and 19 assists. So um, this is an, I think it's an interesting, certainly an interesting pickup from Montreal. Uh, I've always liked this player. We, uh, we actually, our rocket sports team of course was at uh, his draft in 2017 and we bumped into Jonathan Kovacevic outside the arena uh, after he got drafted uh, and had a chance to chat with him for a few minutes. So um,
2: yeah, just I'm, outside the United Center, there he was, yeah. um, and we talked to him. and And he was pretty excited about being drafted uh, by the Jets. Uh, he's an Ontario guy, uh, but had spent um, his his uh, uh, didn't uh, avoided junior went to the NCAA. Um, he's he's not got a, an awful lot of NHL experience, just four games, but um, relative to a Jordan Harris or a Justin Barron. Um, he's got a lot of AHL experience, 137 games in the AHL, so pro experience. Um, Winnipeg had a bit of a, a log jam, as it were, um, with, uh, with their defensemen, wanting to get Villianola in, into the lineup. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's their problem was, was uh, Montreal's uh, good fortune, and uh, yeah, I was going through my brain and thinking, what's Sammy Niku doing about now? And, yeah. and, and, um, he's but this in Europe, <laughs> uh, he is, yes, he is. Um, and, uh, but this is, this works out kind of nicely. Um, he's, he's obviously kind of a stopgap um, and, and will be up with the Canadians. Can't be sent uh, to uh, Laval for. Uh, about the next month, anyway, and um, but a, a, a player who shoots right can play on that right side, and um, and and can, well, he can play physical. He can he can move the puck, and um, and a nice I think a nice pickup for uh, for Kent Hughes and and Jeff Gordon.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that uh, they were willing to bring in another inexperienced defenseman. Uh, it was hinted at that they might be looking for someone. It's maybe more of a veteran type. So from that aspect, I'm a little bit surprised, but overall bringing in another defenseman and picking up somebody off of waivers. I'm, I'm not too surprised by that. Montreal seems to be a team that's at least the last couple seasons has always just been active on the waiver wire.
2: Um Sammy Niku, by the way, has five points in 10 games uh, in the Liga with JYP. Wow. In case you were wondering.
1: Go Sammy Niku. <laughs> Um, Well, okay. So now that I've completely disrupted your agenda with breaking news, sorry about that. um, Why am I really here? Well, um, I was, I was super excited to, uh, to hear this concept uh, from, from Rick and Michael uh, for this week. I'm a, of course, anyone who listens to our podcast know that I'm all in for fantasy football and fantasy hockey on our all Habs leagues. Uh, and no Sunday morning during football season is complete for me without watching at least a couple of hours of Fantasy Football Now on ESPN to get my line, my lineups and my rosters in, in store. They have a great segment at the very end of their show called Fantasy Football Now, where they do kind of a rapid fire, uh, excuse me, called Red Zone, where they do kind of a rapid fire uh, kind of questions of quizzing the panelists on, on some things that are going to happen that week. Well, we're going to do something similar here. We're calling it Canadians Connection now, and this is the shootout segment and we'll make some uh some prognostications and predictions for a new season. Uh both uh Michael and Rick and, and myself are going to run through uh some top 10 bold predictions from from our panel here and uh we'll see. I don't know, are we going to keep I think we'll keep track maybe and 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 revisit this uh at the end of the season to see see who uh comes out on top
2: michael said That's he's a competition. gonna win yeah i, 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 I know going that on. i'm gonna win
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me let me let me start you with this one since since you uh you since you seem to have a lot of confidence michael we'll let you answer the first question first and be the trend setter for for this who's going to lead the canadians in points this season
0: if it's anybody other than nick suzuki i'll be surprised so my answer is uh, captain nick suzuki
2: all right Rick, I'll agree, Captain Nick Suzuki. Uh, and the only thing that can de- derail that is uh, is injuries, and and hopefully his uh, his minor injuries are all cleared up. Uh, but Nick Suzuki will lead uh, the Canadians in points as he did well, last season.
1: Well, it's a three person sweep because I have Suzuki down for that as well.
2: So we start. So, so, so
1: far, we're all winning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or all losing. right. We'll see. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, So, uh, Rick, let's go with you. Will Cole Caulfield score more or less than 38 goals this season?
2: Less. I say 35 goals, 36 goals this season.
1: 36? Okay. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm going less as well. Uh, I don't know that uh, he'll be into the latter part of the 30s in terms of goals. Uh, I think he might be low 30s, high
1: 20s. Okay, low thirties, high twenties. Uh, well then, this is an opportunity for a, a little breakaway from the pack here because I'm saying more. All right, Oof. I'm gonna go more. I'm thinking he's gonna hit that forty goal mark this season. And wow, it's probably all gonna be from the from the circle on the power play. <laughs> yeah, forty I, I mean, power I'm play I'm goals. Not to, I'm not <laughs> pretty... sold on their power play, so that's why I'm thinking. I'm anymore. not sold on any part of the power play except for if Cole Caulfield gets open from the circle. So right. there, okay. there we have it. Um, our next question, uh, I'll take this one first. Will Canadians have more or less than five 20 goal scorers and who will they be? I'm going less. I don't think this, uh, <laughs> particularly from what we've seen in preseason, uh, I don't think this is going to be a particularly offensive team this season. So I say less than five 20 goal scorers. Uh, I'm coming in at four with Suzuki, Caulfield, Dvorak, and Anderson.
2: All right. Um, I'll say uh, less, and I'll say four as well. And I have Caulfield, Suzuki, and Hoffman all being 20-goal scorers. I think Dadunov will score 20, but he will be traded, so he won't finish the season as a 20-goal scorer. He won't score 20 goals for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, So I'm going um, to—I have Anderson and and Gallagher. I'm I'm going to make a decision on the fly that Brendan Gallagher's— off season was uh, was for real, and and he's going to edge out uh, Josh Anderson, and uh, it's going to be Gallagher. So Gallagher, Hoffman, Suzuki, and Caulfield. All right, and Michael, I'm uh,
0: I'm going less as well. Uh, I'm going with just three. I think Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson. I don't think anyone else is going to contribute that much in terms of goal scoring. Uh, Suzuki's perpetually gonna score twenty goals. That's a guarantee. Uh, Caulfield, like I said, I'm pretty confident about that. Anderson was one goal away last season, so I think he cracks the mark. But uh, I don't think anyone else will uh, be able to
1: do it. All right. Worried um, about Josh
2: Anderson staying healthy this year? Yeah, that's a well, yes.
1: Too. And if he could just stop getting bitten by spiders, it'd be be super cool <laughs> as well <laughs> um all right uh michael let's go right back to you will your ice tally more or less than 35 points this season in the nhl
0: i'm going with less like i mentioned off the top of the segment i think slavkovsky probably ends up starting the season in laval of course unless there's more injuries or persisting injuries uh, going into opening night I don't think that Slavkovsky has shown me enough in the preseason to think that his offense and at an NHL level is good enough to get there. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with less.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to go with less as well. Um, and Rick, what do you think?
2: I would say less. Um, I, I think he's, you know, going to be in the neighborhood of 15 goals and, um, you know, 16 assists 17 assists so just over the 30 point mark but less uh than 35 points this season i think that's
1: pretty fair uh rick we'll go right back to you which center is going to lead the canadians in faceoff winning percentage this season
2: now owen beck's gone back to the ohl right? i know darn it <laughs> um yeah i i think it's going to be christian dvorak,
1: dvorak. okay and michael who do you th- who do you have there
0: uh, I went with Nick Suzuki uh, last year. He was 49.5% uh, and best on the team, so I think he'll continue that trend.
1: I'm going with Doc. I'm gonna say that if, if if Doc can do anything in his new new home in Montreal that he's gonna have uh, some success at the face off dot. And in fact that goes right to our sub question on this, which is will Kirby Doc's success at the face off dot? Be better or worse than 40%. Obviously, if I have him uh, leading the team in face-off winning percentage, I'm going with he's going to be better than 40%. Uh, but what do you guys think? We'll start. Uh, well, unless
2: start everybody's really bad.
1: Well, that's <laughs> uh, well, that's true, too. <laughs> Rick, uh, yeah. do, is, is Doc going to be better or worse than 40%?
2: Worse. Um, he's going to improve a bit over his 32% or whatever it was last year. Uh, worst in the NHL um but uh, he's not going to reach the forty percent mark um the, let's call it thirty eight percent or thereabouts. All right, he Michael. needs he needs Owen back or he needs Jan Mishak uh, to come and, and give him well, some pointers.
1: I can I can see that. Michael, yeah, what do you think?
0: I think I'm going a little bit less than forty percent. Uh just looking at his history in the faceoff daw to three seasons in the NHL, 33%, 40%, 32%. I think he, like Rick said, he's going to be better than 32%. I think he probably comes in around like 38, 38 and a half percent.
1: All right. So we've got, we've got, the, it's good when we had, there are differing answers because it's going to make things interesting come the end of the season. Um, all right. Uh, Michael, will Canadians backup goaltenders combine for more? Or less than 13 wins this season?
2: If I can just jump in and say, <laughs> and, and really, s- and say, sorry, just as, as setup, <laughs> why 13? Uh, that's the number that um, the backup goaltenders combined for last season uh, with the Montreal Canadiens.
1: All right. Well, then while you're at it, why don't you just give us your answer?
2: Um, sorry, I, I didn't want to uh, jump in over Michael, you're but, fine. but that's fine, you're fine, Rick. Go for it, Rick. Yeah, it. I, w- I will say less. Um, and, and the reason there is I expect that, uh, Jake Allen will, um, be around for more of, of the season and, and get a, a a larger share of the wins. So, um, I'll say less.
1: Michael?
0: Um, let's see, this is one of these instances where I wanted to say exactly 13, but I've been told that I'm not allowed to say that. (laughs) Uh, so i i do think that they will do more than 13 but won't be by much i think 14 15 probably Um uh, montenbo and primo i yeah i think they'll combine for that probably more wins for montenbo and with Alan's uh, history of being injured and stuff, I'm not sure that uh, Alan will be able to take on quite as heavy a load. So I think that uh, those other two will get into more NHL games.
2: See, last season, Andrew Hammond contributed to three of those 13 wins. So uh, he's yeah. not being around <laughs> yeah. this year.
1: <laughs> we forget. No, that's bad flashbacks. That's uh, I'm also going less. And uh, for me, it's I have. Sorry to say it, uh, Habs fans, but the bitter truth of it is I don't have any faith in Montembeau or Primo. Um, Primo, of course, has been showing us in preseason that he needs to just stay in the AHL the entire season. Uh, And Montembeau has he's not consistent enough for me. So uh, I see I say I say less than 13. All right, Um, Michael, who will play more games at defense for the Canadians? And of course, of course, now your answer might have changed because of the news that I came to this segment with. But the question as as written is, who will play more games at Defence for the Canadians? Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, or Otto Leskinen?
0: Uh, that's a, that's a definitely a tough one. Before this news came down, I thought it was pretty clear, but now I'm not so sure. But I'll stick with it. Uh, I think out of those three, I like Barron the most. I think Barron's the one that uh, has... I don't know. He just seems like the most consistent guy. Um, nothing against the other two. I think Leskinen's is probably more of an AHL guy at this point. I like Harris, but uh, I think uh, I'm going to go with Justin
1: Barron.
2: All right, Rick, what do you think? Um, I, I think that Justin Barron, you know, he's got a lot of upside, um, and, uh, lots of potential, but he probably has the most to, um, to learn. Um, he 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 didn't he, let's be honest, he didn't have a very good training camp um and his positioning hasn't been great. He's lost a lot of board battles uh, and his decision making hasn't been very good. I'd like to see him spend um some solid time in in Laval. um I thought Jordan Harris has looked good um and he's he's been handicapped by the fact that he's been playing for the most part on the right side. Um, he still has uh, something to 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 learn, uh, but I think the Canadians have. I mean, it's been experiment trying him on the left, tr- seeing if that's a solution. Uh, it isn't. He's a much better defenseman on the left, um, and uh, I, I'd like to see him uh, spend some time in Montreal. But uh, there's there's if if Edmondson comes back, there's enough defensemen on the left hand side, so he's probably going to spend uh, a fair bit of time in the AHL. Um, Otto Leskinen is, um, is fascinating. Uh, He's 25 years old. Um, You know, a a kind of a, uh, he's, he's got a lot of pro experience uh, like John, uh, Johnny Kovacevic, but not necessarily in the NHL. Uh, I thought he looked really good in camp up until Thursday. He had a bad game, obviously against the senators. Um, I think that, um, if if the Canadians commit to development, they commit to having their two young defensemen spend a lot of time in Laval, uh, that it may be, it may be Otto Leskinen that uh, uh, gets the most NHL games out of that group.
1: All right. That's fair enough. Uh, that's I a really
2: am, tough question though, by the way.
1: It, it is. And, and today's news didn't make that any, any easier. Uh, I'm going with Harris actually. Uh, I've been impressed with, with how he looked uh, in camp. And uh, I think that they, I think that they give him a look uh, more often than not uh, this coming season. So I'm, I'm, I'm going Harris. So we each have a different answer for that one. I like it. Um, all right. This'll be a, <laughs> <laughs> this'll be a fun question. Will There's Michael headlines. Pizzetta or Arbor Jack lead the Canadians in penalty minutes this season? I'm going Jack eye because I do I think that he has become their PR darling. You saw um, when they arrived uh, for their morning skate today, there was video of fans chanting Arbor, Arbor. I mean, he's, he's, the fans are eating it up. The fans love him as much as they do Michael Pizzetta, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Jack guy that leads the Canadians in penalty this minutes this season. What about you, Rick?
2: Ah uh, Jackckey. yes. Uh, Michael Pozzetta had his he was also a fan favorite the flow, the pez, everything mm-hmm. uh, his willingness to to fight almost anyone uh, not 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 necessarily intelligent decisions with that respect. <laughs> the right Reeves comes to mind. Um, but uh, the new favorite the the is Arbor Jackeye. and uh, yes, I think I think he's gonna lead um, the the Canadians in penalty minutes.
1: Michael.
0: Well, especially with the new news of uh, Montreal bringing in another defenseman, I think Shaqai is destined to spend the majority of the season in Laval and rightfully so. Uh, although he's been a PR darling, I I hope this team is committed to development at least. Uh, so I think Pizetta is gonna be the one that gets the most penalty minutes this season. Um, Rick, you mentioned that he doesn't always make intel- intelligent decisions. I think that's going to continue and uh, he'll get in plenty of <laughs> fights, uh, probably some not very good penalties towards the game as well. So I'm going to go with Michael Pizzetta.
1: That's, that's good. I should also say, uh, I think Jack penalties that he does take will be bigger minute penalties. That's part of the reason why I had him leading the Canadian. So maybe not the same number of penalties, but I think the penalties he's assessed are going to be higher in number as far as penalty minutes uh-huh. for each infraction because Jack, Eye has that edge about him and whoever, I will just say this quickly, whoever said this whole movement of let's get fighting out of hockey. You, everybody loves Arbor Jack. Eye every time, every time he drops the gloves. So nonsense. I like it. All right. Uh, so my, so the sub kind of sub question for this is all right. So whoever you chose, whether it was Jack Eye or Pizzetta leading the Canadians in penalty minutes this season, will that be more or less than 85 penalty minutes in the NHL? Uh, I'm going to say more. I'm I'm saying Jack Eye, and I'm saying he's got more than 85 PIMS in the NHL for, for the reason I just mentioned that his, his, his infractions are going to be costly. Um, Michael, what about you?
0: I'm going to go with less uh, for Pazeta. I don't think either one of them will play a ton of minutes with Montreal, although I think Pazeta probably gets into more games. I think it's going to be close to the 80 mark, but not quite there.
2: All right, and Rick? Um, I think Jack is going to have 85 minutes and penalties against the Ottawa Senators this year. But... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that. It you want a bold happen. prediction? There's a bold prediction. No, I think it'll be slightly less. And, and for the reason that um, Pezzetta will be in the lineup sometimes, Jack, I will be in the lineup sometimes. Um, and whoever um, whoever leads the Canadians in penalty minutes, it'll be Jack I or Pezzetta. Uh, Chris Weidman will be in second.
1: All right. This is going to be this is a different kind of question. I'm going to run through a list of names and each of us are going to say yes or no as to whether or not this guy will be traded by the trade deadline. Uh, starting first, Rick, with you, Evgeny Dadnov.
2: Yes. Acquired to be traded.
1: OK, Michael.
0: I'm also yes. It's going to be probably right on deadline day.
1: And I'm going no on that one. Uh, I am going yes on the next one, who is Mike Hoffman. Uh, Rick, who do you have there?
2: Um, I would say no. Uh, I, I think the Canadians want to trade him. I don't know that they'll find a partner.
1: Okay. Michael?
0: I'm saying yes. I think a team will eventually bite.
1: Okay. And uh, Michael, we'll go right right back to you for Yoel Armia. Yes or no? He gets traded by the trade deadline.
0: No, he's sticking around. Uh, I don't think that's, uh, yeah, he's not somebody that I'd be in a rush to get rid of. And I don't think his contract is doing him any favors in that regard.
2: All right, Rick. Yes, Um, I think he'll be, he's a kind of, the kind of player who can uh, ramp up his game for a short period of time um, and so would be valuable come the playoffs. So I'll say yes.
1: I have, I have a no down for Yoel Armia. I think that he's one of the ones who sticks around. However, I do think that Brendan Gallagher is a yes simply because of the size of his contract they need to find. They need to find a way to get him off the books. So I say yes on Brendan Gallagher. Um, Michael, who do you have? What do you have for Brendan Gallagher?
0: I think he's probably an offseason season trade i don't think it's going to happen before the deadline he'll uh, okay. remain in montreal for the entire season
2: all right and rick yeah that's a big hab hit for um four or five years that's not going to happen before the trade trade deadline
1: all right well let me ask you this rick jonathan drew no. yes or no
2: <laughs> no no nobody oh, wants on. him um and listen, if you've been watching the preseason, the Canadians apparently don't either. He's played twice. He's been <laughs> completely invisible. And, um, and no.
1: Michael?
0: I'm also a no. I don't think he's tradable. Anybody that might want him for, say, next season, they'll have to get him on a PTO.
1: I'm saying yes because I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm desperate to get rid of Jonathan Duran as soon as possible, so I'm saying yes. I'm putting it out into the universe that he will be traded by the trade deadline because I can't take it anymore. Um Sean Monahan, I'm saying no. I'm saying no. Michael, what are you what are you saying on Sean Monahan?
0: I'm saying yes and it won't be a huge return.
2: All right, and Rick? Absolutely.
1: Boo hiss to both of you. <laughs> um, Josh Anderson, Rick, who do you have? Do you think Josh Anderson will still be around by the trade deadline?
2: I think he. The Canadians get a bunch of calls on him, and uh, Ken Hughes w- waits until the offseason, So no.
1: Okay, Michael.
0: I'm saying yes is probably ends up being close to this year's to fully trade, but maybe not as big a return.
1: Okay. I'm also saying no on Josh Anderson. Uh, I think he's one that sticks around. Uh, The last one on this list is uh, of of this list of players to potentially be traded by the deadline uh, is an interesting one. Jake Allen. Um, I'm saying no simply because I don't think that they can get uh, the piece of the puzzle that they need in return for him to replace him because they certainly don't have anything in the system. So I'm saying no there. Uh, Rick, what about you?
2: No, um, I think there are teams who are interested. Maybe fewer teams now that he's got a, a bigger, a larger contract. Um, and and I, I'm I'm still thinking that Kent Hughes may uh, acquire a goaltender sometime during the season, and that's the only reason uh, that Jake Allen would be available at the trade deadline. But otherwise, no.
1: Okay, and Michael?
0: Uh, no, they just signed him to another contract. They clearly are going to keep him in the organization. I don't think they're even going to try to shop him around like like you said too. There's literally nothing else here at the moment, so there's really it's not going to benefit anyone to trade Jake Allen right now.
1: All right. Uh so that was one that we all agreed on. Uh Jake Allen. And and so watch, Jake Allen will that that will <laughs> prove us wrong and uh, he'll be gone in uh mid November. Um okay. Uh so will the Canadians oh here's a big one. It will the Canadians finish the season with more or less than 75 points, Michael?
0: Uh, it's a tough division, and I don't think that they measure up well against anyone within this Atlantic division. I think they're going to be a little bit less than 75 points, probably around like 70, 72.
1: Okay, Rick, what do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, the low 70, 73 points, which is an improvement from last year. No, um, I have anything's an improvement all last year. Uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> um but still be f- below the 75 point mark
1: okay uh so as kind of a, a sub question to that where will they finish in the standings we know as as michael just appropriately said anything is better than last year uh so michael where do you see them finishing in the standings this year if it's not in the basement or maybe it is um, in the basement. the is i'm
0: I- going 29th i think the only team's under them will be, of course, Arizona, Chicago, and uh, to your detriment, I think Philly's going to be right at the bottom as well.
1: Well, I expect that fully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick,
2: what do you think? I have them at 30th um, with Chicago and Arizona below.
1: Uh, I guess I'm, again, being cautiously optimistic. I have them finishing 27th,
2: All right. which is still oh. not great. Which is oh. still not great.
1: <laughs> but, well,
0: who but. do you have under them then?
1: <laughs> uh, Philly is definitely down there for sure. Philly, Arizona, um, possibly Chicago. We'll see. Yeah, twenty
2: seventh.
1: I'm being I'm being hopeful. <laughs> so um, that's
2: our top ten. Our it our is ten bold predictions. And yeah, if well, you have, if
0: you consider twenty seventh hopeful, I think some fans might disagree that that's hopeful.
1: <laughs> well, you know, apparently Joel Edmondson thinks they're making the playoffs, so. I would be vast. He would vastly disagree with me. So (laughs) we'll see what happens there. Um, If I would say if any listeners have any strong opinions one way or the other on anything that we made a prediction about there, uh, be sure to let us know. Um, But I do have two bonus questions for you, gentlemen. All right. Um, One is. You know, the comparisons are going to be made. They've already been made in the offseason. They've already been made in training camps. And so they're going to be made uh, in in the regular season as well. Slavkovsky, Shane Wright. So my question is, will Shane Wright lead the Seattle Kraken in points this season? Uh, Rick, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, Ron Francis said that uh, Shane Wright will likely be in the opening night lineup and will likely stay uh, for the season with Seattle. Uh, so he's being given an opportunity. I I really like Matty Beniers, um and I think he's going to be uh, have a great season for Seattle. Um, kind of a nice combination between the two of them. Um, but but just to be just to be bold, since we're being bold, I'll say yeah, Shane Wright leads the Kraken in points this season.
1: Uh, Michael, what about you? I don't think he will be
0: leading them in points. I don't think that that's really his style. And uh, he's probably more, he, he's got get a, a lot of defensive upside. So I don't think he'll be used that way too often. So I'm going to say no, but he will have a pretty good season.
1: Okay. I'm also going to say no. Uh, Rick was apparently copying off of my sheet because I believe that Maddie Beniers is going to ha- hold that title for Seattle this year. Could also be because I drafted Maddie Beneers in both of my all Habs fantasy hockey teams. So I need Maddie Beneers to have a big year, but, but yeah, I think Maddie Beneers, uh, leads the team, not Shane Wright. Finally, this is the big one. Who's winning the cup this year? Who is winning the Stanley cup this year? Michael, it's a burning question. We all want to know.
0: I'm going back uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning. I think they get it back this year. Ooh. There's still just too much talent on that team. And uh, as always, they're aggressive at the deadline. So they're only going to get better.
1: Okay. That's Tampa Bay again. Rick, what do you
2: think? Carolina hurricanes. Um, they were a good team last year. I think they're a better team this year. Max Pacioretty's going to come in late after he recovers the great coaching, I think it's uh the Carolina hurricanes this year.
1: Is that also because you drafted Max Pacioretty? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, th- that that <laughs> might have something to do with it. Um,
1: I am I you know, I this was one of the easier ones for me to answer because I have already placed a bet on DraftKings Sportsbook for who I believe is going to be the Stanley Cup winner this year. You know, that nice little promo that we had in the first uh first commercial break there. Mm-hmm for DraftKings, uh, and I say that the story, this, one of the two, there were two big stories of general managers of this summer, Pierre Dorian and Bradtree leaving. And I think the Calgary Flames are going to be the story of the entire year. Uh, from losing Goudreau and and Math Kachuk to who they brought in, I'm saying Calgary Flames going to win the Stanley Cup.
2: A Canadian Stanley Cup.
1: A Canadian Stanley Cup.
2: Wow. Oof. I like it. And I, I should say,
0: that, but.
1: I should say this is a second last year. I pre- I last year I put money on Winnipeg, so I'm pushing oh. hard Canada. <laughs> I'm pushing hard for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: based Work on with how me Winnipeg here. did last year. I, I I don't have a good feeling about this anymore. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> yes, that money was lost uh, mid season for sure. Uh- <laughs> all right well there you have it uh that is the first uh the inaugural uh version of the shootout on canadians connection now Uh, (laughs) that was very fun Um, lots of fun we will we're going to keep all of these answers we're going to check back in on this at the end of the season and uh we'll we'll figure out if any of us know what we're talking about
2: (laughs) amy thanks for joining us uh thanks for contributing thanks for leading us uh through that and yes we'll have you back again to uh to to continue uh, these uh predictions and and questions uh, and you did such a great job why don't you take us to the break
1: oh my goodness the honor i i i i can certainly do that all right well uh that is our second segment up in the third segment uh i am going to step out of the studio and let these two fine gentlemen take back over michael spinella and rick stevens they're going to let you have your say they'll have your question of the week Uh, as well as uh, some actual regular season hockey games to get ready for uh, this coming week. So you don't want to miss what they've got coming for you in the third segment. Going to take a quick commercial break, and you'll get that on the other side of that. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan inc. Your year round resource for anything HABS related. That's allhabs.net.
0: Welcome back to episode 212 of the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Please remember to follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus visit the website, canadiansconnection.com. You can also send us a text via our Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. And a big thank you for Amy Johnson stepping in and uh, moderating that, uh, I guess, those 10 questions that uh, we had to go through. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, we agreed and disagreed in all the right places and uh, <laughs> hopefully we can do uh, more stuff like that going forward.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Let us know what you thought about it. Let us know your opinion on our 10 bold predictions and uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that again. It was fun.
0: So starting things off, uh, we know that it's very difficult to keep track of these Montreal Canadians especially nowadays. So we have you covered. Just head over to All Habs magazine at allhabs.net. Uh, Weekly, we send out our Habs notepad written by Chris G. You can look out for that on Mondays. He pretty much goes through everything to do with the Montreal Canadiens organization. So he'll set you up for the week with that. Also, Habs headlines will appear as they happen. So make sure uh, you keep an eye out on our website for that as well. Plus, a brand new uh, Rocket Sports contributor, Adam, he put out his first article entitled Players are People Too. So you'll want to check that out. Uh, he uh, puts a little bit of humanity into hockey players and uh, you get to know some players behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, it's a, it's a really fun read.
2: It's a great read. Um a little bit different and and yes, he's he's said that um you know that all of the on-ice um uh, content or production of the the players is available, their statistics, uh, we know everything, but we know very little about uh their personalities or relatively little. And uh, he makes a, a, a few suggestions on, on how to do that. And he's got some nice comments and, and uh, looks like our listeners um, and, uh, and readers are agreeing with him on that. So uh, be sure to go to allhabs.net, check out um, Adam's article, check out all the other content that's there for you.
0: Also, if you want to head over to YouTube, uh, head over to the All Habs Hockey Magazine YouTube page and you're going to want to hit subscribe. As every Thursday, the Habs Hockey Report, hosted by Amy Johnson, comes out. Uh, This last week's episode is called Final Cuts Coming. Uh, She gives you the rundown of everything Habs and Laval Rocket that goes down. Plus, it's uh, fun because uh, she involves everyone in the discussion. So leave a comment, leave your questions, and uh, she's going to respond to them in the comments. Sometimes she's even nice enough to read them on air. So make sure you head over there and uh, check that out. Uh, You're not going to want to miss a single episode of that one.
2: It's youtube.com slash all habs, all one word, uh, for you to find it. It is the fastest growing uh, Montreal Canadiens page on YouTube, bar none. Uh, and uh, we, we thank all of our, our uh, hundreds of recent subscribers, uh, but we'd sure like a few more and, and make sure that uh, you go subscribe uh, and uh, click the bell so that you get uh, notifications um, every week when Amy puts out a new video.
0: And also make sure you subscribe to our Rocket Sports podcast, The Canadians Connection, the one you're listening to right now. This comes out every Saturday uh, around the uh, probably late afternoon. It gives you the rundown of everything that happened in the week. And as the season ramps up, uh, we will make sure that you stay very informed on everything Montreal Canadiens. Also, The Press Zone, and that comes out every Tuesday. That's going to be your insider source for everything AHL, especially Laval Rocket. Uh, this upcoming week, uh, it's going to be the Press Zone podcast with Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams. Uh, Patrick is our in-house AHL guru. He knows everything about the American League and all the prospects within it. So make sure you check that one out.
2: And Patrick with us every week on the uh, on the Press Zone podcast uh, this year. Uh, that's a change and we're happy to have him.
0: And finally, uh, if you uh, enjoy sports, if you are a passionate Habs fan, if you enjoy writing, uh, creating content, uh, anything like that, you might be interested in joining our Rocket Sports team. Uh, Head over to our uh, website at uh, allhabs.net and uh, you can send in an application. Uh, We would love to hear from you and uh, continue to add to our lovely team.
2: Uh, we've talked about our, our recent um, writers who have joined us, staff writers, both Gustav and Adam. We also have, uh, it's not just writing. Uh, if you have other skills, we're glad to uh, consider you for the team. Nathan has joined us as a community manager uh, and is doing a good job there. Um, so uh, head on to our, our website, allhabs.net. Look for the Join Our Team tab and, uh, and reach out to us today.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to hearing from everybody. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Canadians connection question of the week. Will Yuri Slavkovsky make the opening night roster? You got to hear both of our opinions on that in the first segment, and uh, we want to make sure that we hear from you, uh, especially with everything that's gone down. Uh, have you liked Slavkovsky's play? Uh, we want to know.
2: We do, and uh, be sure to to let us know about that and all the other roster uh, decisions. We we heard that breaking news last. Uh, segment about Jonathan Kovacevic. Uh, what do you think of that, about that uh, uh, pickup on waiver? Is this going to be uh, a Paul Byron type move or or uh, a little less uh, exciting? That's yet to play out, but we want to hear your opinion about it.
0: And uh, I believe we got a, a nice email from our avid listener, Dino, that uh, we're going to read out.
2: Yeah, we got um, to info at allhabs.net. We got a few emails this week, um, and uh, this one Stood out uh, from our dear friend Dino. He says, hi, Rick. Checked out the last two preseason games on TV. Hmm. Not much there, to be honest. I really feel for the kids, Slavkovsky. The pressure must be overwhelming. Um, should he go to Laval or back to Europe? I say back to uh, Finland for the season uh, and then come back here at the end of their season for our end of season. Uh, listen, my friend, I'm not sold on Kirby Dock. It was, uh, I think, a big mistake to acquire him. Wouldn't Alex Romanov look good right now? and uh, Dvorak, uh, they're not in my starting lineup. Heineman looks great. Uh, Beck, too, down the road. Um, is Jake Evans hurt? He doesn't look quite right. We saw him take a, quite a spill behind the net. We know his concussion problems from uh, previous years. Um, he goes on to say, I hope we give Ulan in a spot. On defense, Gooley is a keeper. Stanley Cup, Hall of Fame written all over him. Harris Barron, not far behind, soon to be starters. Really like that. Big kid from the Hamilton Bulldogs. He's tough and clears the front of the net. Of course, he's talking about Arbor jackie there. Um, teams push us around too much, and the teammate, his teammates will appreciate his his toughness. Uh, don't forget Madison Bowie. He can play. No nonsense either. Goalies, well, they're going to see a lot of rubber this season. Um, Thought Chicago had a lock on the basement follies. I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, P.S., did I read correctly? Is uh, Mr. Tortorella's uh, Marty St. Louis mentor? Yeah, apparently he is. Holy smoke. I can honestly say that's one coach I would dislike uh, playing for. Arrogance Incorporated. Cheers. uh, Have a good show. And from our dear friend Dino, great email.
0: Yeah, loved, uh, love that email, Dino. appreciate hearing all your opinions. I'm not told on Slavkovsky going back to Finland, although it might not be a bad idea to get him away from the Montreal media just a little bit. Maybe that could help his uh, confidence and be less of a distraction, but uh, I still stand pat that uh, Slavkovsky probably should start in Laval.
2: Lots of positivity in there, particularly about the Canadiens' uh, young defenseman, and uh, he thinks an awful lot of Caden Gooley already.
0: Yeah, I do as well. I, I don't know if I, I'm going to put them in the Hall of Fame right away, but uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe there's a debate for that down the road. <laughs> yeah. But uh, upcoming important dates uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, tonight, October the 8th, it's the final game of the preseason. That goes down in Bucktouche, uh, Ottawa versus Montreal. It's a 6.30 start, so make sure you don't uh, miss out on that one. And uh, on October the 10th, happy Thanksgiving to everyone that's celebrating Um, wishing you and your family a very safe and uh, warm uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope hope you celebrate. And uh, then after that, later in the week, the regular season finally starts. That'll start on the 12th, Toronto in Montreal. That's a 7 p.m. start. We'll see. uh, Montreal uh, did not fare too well against Toronto in the preseason. We'll see what happens there. And then a couple days later on the 14th, it's uh, Montreal heading to Detroit. That's another 7 p.m. start.
2: A rare Friday game um, in the first week. Uh, That's uh, with the the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, We'll see how much they've progressed um, since uh, the Canadians last saw them.
0: So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, October the 15th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.